We are when are when are we? When are we? When are we? The past fucking sucks, man. 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 Well, what if there is no tomorrow? Hey, where the hell are they? Dudes, you guys are gonna go back in time. Yeah. yeah. Time travel has not yet been invented. We review films that all follow a common theme: time travel. Time travel. The appropriate question is, when the hell are they? Uh, hello, everyone. Welcome again to When Are We? I'm Nick. Oh, I'm Dave. Yeah, that's me. That's me right here. Let's go. You redo, do you need to redo that? No, let's keep going. Let's keep okay. it going. We're, we're recording, Dave. Yeah. Uh, welcome again to When Are We? The only podcast we're sure about time travel movies. We are we're sure. Definitely of sure. That. We're absolutely sure. We're absolutely sure of that. Uh, every I will week say week. since the last recording, we have gotten, um, we've created Instagram. So you can go see us there at uh, When Are We? podcast and uh, we've gotten people who've requested movies already which is really nice we've got people who want to be guests which is really nice so things are moving things are moving things are popping we're ready to stop our day job i mean i'm way ahead of you there you are way ahead of me (laughs) (laughs) if you're new to this podcast each and every week we watch a new time travel movie and we talk about it. We talk about our feelings, we talk about the quality. We also talk just about time travel in general and in movies general. in general. Right. The past fucking sucks, man. It's true. Exactly, exactly. All right, so to kick this off, I think we should talk about just, just briefly, just a real quick thing, an actual time travel in society dilemma. So the Senate has decided that they were going to put forth no more uh, daylight savings time, which means we will stop going back or forward into the future by one hour. And I thought that was very relevant for us. Yeah, no more spring forward or falling back. We're just on a linear path now. What do you think about it? I mean, I hate daylight savings time. I'm, I'm all for this. Yeah. Well, I've, I feel like the biggest kickback I've seen so far is people are like, no, we should go to standard time which yes. is the clocks are always back, which I feel like those are morning people. Yeah. And those are people who don't mind that it gets really dark late at night in the evenings, yeah. especially during the winter. I don't like that. No, I hate that. I, I want to go. I want the sun to still be out at like 9 p.m. Yeah, exactly. It's like summer. And it's like always right. like summer. Exactly. And in the winter, when it's dark at 430, I want to I want to kill myself. Like it's oh, terrible. Yeah. There's no Straight reason the roof. for it. And those morning people, I've seen a lot of them. I've seen a lot of them on like commenting on it and just being like, this is going to ruin my mornings. This is going to like, I, it'll be dark when I wake up and go work out. Oh, boo-hoo. Boo-hoo for you. <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, oh that, that was my rant. I just, I just thought that would be a, a nice little commentary on time travel because essentially it was. Now it's well, as we as we discovered from last week's show, synchronic time is a lie. Time is, time is everywhere, and yeah. we just—it's all about our perception of it, and we're yeah. fucking with that right now yeah. by by changing it. I did have a at one point in my life, I was uh, canoeing down the Colorado River. Mm. I started in in um, Nevada, and it goes through kind of like goes in between, back and forth between uh, Nevada and Arizona. And Arizona does not abide by daylight savings time. That's right. This at the, that point in my life, I did not know that. And we were supposed to meet, meet at the end of this kayak or a canoeing trip, the, the outfitters who were going to pick us up. And we kept looking at the clock and it kept, we were going in between the two. So it kept <laughs> jumping back and forth. Oh my God. And it, it messed us all up. So at one point we were like, oh my God, we're supposed to be there an hour ago or like 20 minutes ago. What's going on? And then we get further down the river and be like, no, wait, it's, we were, we're not supposed to be there for a half an hour and it messed us all up. So we just started to like dig in and like we had to canoe as fast as we've ever canoed before in our life. Oh, wow. And we got there and they weren't there, of course, because of course, yeah, they weren't ready to go. So there you go. <laughs> all right, why don't we talk about the movie we did? Sure. This week's movie is The Adam Project, new Netflix release from director Sean Levy. The Adam Project. Stop what you're doing. Fire up Netflix and watch this one all the way through. We will be getting into some serious spoilers, um, probably right from the top, really. Uh, spoiler number one, I did not like this movie. I, I could tell. I could tell you didn't like it. I could tell that you were like, hmm. 
not for <laughs> me. But um, I'll say the the journey I took in terms of my sort of what I thought this movie was ended up being very different. Okay. Uh, just in terms of it's think? just, well, I'll, we'll get into that first, but I think maybe we need to talk just about the movie and the plot. Um, the plot of the Adam project uh, is we have Ryan Reynolds plays uh, Adam and he is a fighter jet pilot in the year 2050, which is generically described as dystopian. And he is traveling back in time for some reason, for some reason, which we get to later, he's traveling back in time in order to stop time travel from ever being invented. And that's really where this movie first off bothered me I, I so much. See. Yeah. So um, the thing that I like took away right away was obviously <laughs> anytime you go into a time travel movie, you, you think back to like the back to the futures, the terminators. And I was like, Oh, so this is John Connor is literally time travel itself. We're going back to kill John Connor, which is time travel itself. Right. Sure. Essentially yeah. that's what I picked up on. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a, uh, it's a paradox in itself. Mm -hmm. I think um, how can you, go back in time and stop time travel from ever being created. But then you wouldn't have gone back in time and yeah. it would just be created anyway. It just, it's, yeah, it just, it's one of these things that you're up till two o'clock in the morning thinking about, or maybe you're just the same person. You're you just don't like, think about it at all. It. <laughs> you just watch the movie and you're like, oh, that was nice. Yeah. Anyway, so we've got Adam. He's traveled all the way back in time to 2022. And what do you know? He just so happens to run into his 12 year old self, uh, his 12 year old's little self has been dealing with the death of his father and has a very strained relationship where his mother with his mother basically is just a brat uh i'd say <laughs> so that's where i got a little like like okay so you come back in time and you the first thing you don't do is go see your 12 year old self like mm -hmm. that seemed a little a little on the nose a little convenient there's a lot of convenience in this movie a lot of convenience like they were just like yeah this happened so what but I will say that um, the they he, I feel like and I will say that we did invite uh, Ryan Reynolds to be on this show. He did not respond, but um, he uh, they they sum it up as to like all the questions you have about time travel, like on the nose pretty quickly. Uh, like as soon as you like have the question in your mind, uh, I have an audio clip of. Ryan Reynolds wrapping up what kind of time travel this movie is. Um, yeah, because we, we talk about how there's fixed timelines, there's dynamic timelines, there's multiverse. So Ryan Reynolds is just like, this is the type of time travel movie I'm making. Do you remember this? Remember what? This, right here, right now. You being here in 2022. Okay, I know you're going with this. I mean, this is happening to me. You're wasting your that time. That means it already happened to you, right? Unless it works more like a multiverse where each realm oh, creates an alternate time. a multiverse. My God, we watched too many movies. I just want to know. Okay. Okay, the prevailing wisdom is that when I go back to my fixed time, my memory, our memories, they reform, they reconcile. But not while I'm here. Fixed time? What's that? There's only one place in time where you belong. On a quantum level. We're not screwing around with the cosmos like I am. That is your fixed time. Where you actually belong. So by being here and telling me this, you may have just changed my whole future? Honestly, your future is pretty tragic either way. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm not kidding. Oh, that right. I'm kidding. Let's go. Oh, he's so... Here we go. But he's he really, just, he's, he's just like, I'm going to tell you what type of time travel movie this is right off the bat. <laughs> it still doesn't make any sense, though. No, but we'll no. get into that. We'll get into uh, that a little later. Um, I do need to correct myself. So Ryan Reynolds is actually going back in time initially to look for his wife. Right. Who he right. believes. Good point. Was uh, was 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 who's lost in a crash on a mission to 2018. And he, he, he is going to look for her. He ends up in 2022 by accident. He doesn't know why, or I guess just because his, his time jet malfunctioned. It's, it's very, it's, it's, there's so much sort of just loose uh, justification yeah. and, and, and whatnot in this movie. It's, it's hard to say it with a straight yeah. face. Anyway, so uh, Adam is, uh, he runs into his 
younger self, which as we know from a lot of time travel movies is a big no-no, but he does it anyway. He does it anyway. Doesn't, doesn't seem to be a problem. He doesn't, get, uh, doesn't, he doesn't care about it at all. Like at all. He does a <laughs> lot of things where it's like, okay, you're doing this. That's You don't care about the time travel conundrum <laughs> like at all. Also, I want to say, he says it's 2050 where he's from, right? Yes. He jumps back to 2022. The kid says at some point he's 12. Yes. Which means that Ryan Reynolds is trying to pass himself off as a 40-year-old. <laughs> I think I could buy that. He's buy Okay. He's I like, he is 40. I looked it up. He's 45. So it's not too far I, off. I, it's not. I, I, I didn't even really think about that. It was more just, uh, it, it's just, it's already kind of a mess. But anyway, uh as uh, Adam goes back, he's also chased by uh, a woman, Maya Sorian, who is the leader of the future world that he comes from. Apparently, she's very evil. Not a lot of Background. exposition about exactly why she is evil or, or what this dystopian world that they come from is like. You know, we, don't, mm -hmm. we see Earth in 2050 from space. And, I mean, the lights are on. Yeah. I don't know. It looks like there's 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 civilization of some kind. I mean, I'm not saying it's great, but is it going to be that worse than where we're at now? I mean, Maybe. well, here's I, I was going to get into this more later, but the uh, the thing is, is that so the 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 bad guys played by Catherine Keener, which she's great. I love her. She's always great in everything she does, but she wants to keep the world as it is, right? In the 2050, because she controls it. Right. And I actually have a soundbite for it because it's it was it stuck out to me so much. Mm -hmm. Near fixed time. 2050. Is it bad there? We've seen Terminator, right? Obviously. That's 2050 on a good day. Who would we all know what Terminator looks like right. in the future? No. And if that is the good day for 2050, who in the right mind would want to keep it that way? Right? It, it just yeah, again, it's it's one of these things that left me very unsatisfied. Look, I don't need them to paint the most vivid picture of this you know horrible future they're living in but you know it helps yep. to add a little urgency yeah and also I, there's so many things i want to talk about but also the one thing that really really stuck out for this movie was that ryan reynolds wanted to get in as much like pop culture reference as possible like there he re re uh, mentions terminator and like throughout here, we'll we'll talk about more, but he just nails nails it down your throat to the fact that the dog in the movie is also named Hawking. I was also going to mention that yes. uh, if you missed last week's episode. There is also a dog also named Hawking, and I believe they're a very similar breed. They're like yeah. a kind of golden retriever lab yep. thing. I encourage you to go listen to last week's edition. Though. That is a great, <laughs> it's a great one. Um, yeah, anyway, uh, so uh, both Little Adam and Big Adam uh, find themselves suddenly being chased by Sorian, who's, you know, obviously trying to stop whatever is she thinks Adam is trying to do. But they are saved magically by Big Adam's wife, Laura, who reveals that she was went back to 2018. She was stuck. She had to do, this is the thing that really confused me, because she says that, they have a protocol if this happens where she just needs to isolate herself and yeah. just make minimal contact with right. the world. Which is what happened in Terminator Genesis, if you remember, with, with Arnold's character. Remember, he goes back and then oh, stays yeah. there and then yeah. waits and waits and waits and waits. But uh, you were going to get to something. Well, I was going to say, that's a, that is, to be fair, that is, I was going to sort of agree with you, that's a very common thing. I think uh, if you've ever seen Star Trek First Contact, there's a moment where they think they're going to have to blow up the Enterprise. They're in the past. They're going to have to blow up the Enterprise. And Picard is like, all right, everybody on Earth, I'm sorry. We're going to have to destroy the Enterprise. You just need to uh, hunker down for the rest of your life. This Don't make any waves. And, you know, that's, that's it, you know. Yeah. And I think that's a great idea. At the same time, I have to ask, what was she doing in 2018 to begin with? What are these missions they're going on? I mean, I mean right. Ostensibly, it is to for Sorian to manipulate the past and change things. Right. Well, obviously, that's when time travel in this movie was invented, right? Time travel was invented in 2018, mm -hmm. essentially. But my question is, is why? So 
he's him, Adam, and little Adam are in the middle of the woods. They have they look like they have the most beautiful Airbnb I've ever seen in my life, right? Like the mom, <laughs> Jennifer, Jennifer, what's her name, has the most beautiful mm-hmm. Airbnb ever. And they're in the <laughs> middle of the woods, right? They're just in the middle yes. of the woods. Quote unquote then, the woods, which I'll get yeah, to later. Quote unquote the woods. And the bad guys come, right? The bad guys come. She Sorian comes. And I also had no idea what was going on with the, the bad guys and like the, the, the minions and how they would just evaporate when they got shot made no sense at all. I was like, no, what the no, hell is that? All this they, technology that all this, just exactly. has no understanding. We, we don't know where it comes from. We don't know why, you know, I mean, I guess it's just all in service of keeping it, you know? Yeah. Like, keeping, the like a video. Keeping, keeping the distractions going so you're not yeah. really paying attention to regardless how pointless or just insane this idea it made no is. sense that no. made no sense to me that made the least amount of sense to me in the long run like it hadn't <laughs> it had nothing to do with anything like i had no idea what was going on and then you'd have like the the bad guys getting shot and their car would evaporate but then the next car would just crash there was no rhyme or reason to any of it except when they overpower the atoms right where right. they're in the woods, they overpower the atoms. They're just about to kill the atoms. And then she, living in 2018, knew exactly where to be in 2022 <laughs> and how to save them just in the nick of time. Yes, that was like, it's... where the hell did she come from? Well, it's also this, it's this whole thing of both of them, you know, seem to not want to disturb the timeline, yet keep inserting themselves mm-hmm. into it over and over again. But at the same time, every time it's 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 discussed, we should do this, we should do that. Ryan Reynolds is like, no, we can't do that. That's gonna, gonna disturb the, the disturb this precious timeline for this, you know, amazing future that's in the that we're all looking forward to. Yeah. Um, but you know. So, you know, they meet up with Laura and Laura is the one who says you need to go back to 2018. You need to destroy time travel so it's never invented. And so Sorian can never, you know, manipulate the future and turn it again into this very vague dystopia that exists. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the atoms, the little little and big atom, they just, they got one jump left. Always one jump. There's always always one, jump one jump left. left. Always they one got jump one left. jump left. Before we get to that, I want to mention the the next pop culture reference in any time travel movie. You have to have a Back to the Future. So here it goes. I'm just gonna lay down with this bullet wound heel. Think about some key investment opportunities for your future. Wait, like Biff from Back to the. Are you out of your tiny mind? Get back in the house before our mother gets home, and don't make it weird. So of course you got to throw in the Biff, and the and we're gonna make investments, and we're gonna do all this. So that, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, this 12-year-old is keenly aware of pop culture that is 30 years younger, older than he is. I mean, don't get me wrong. I know Back to the Future is this universally loved thing, but I don't, I'm going to just kind of go out on a limb and say, I don't know how many 12-year-olds are just like huge back to the future buffs at this point yes exactly they're all on their they're all on their tamagotchis and their you know whatever exactly and their tiktok so that that led me to i want to incorporate into our show a uh a fun little game that we could play (laughs) uh i made a little sounder and it's basically the game that we're going to incorporate into it is if we could time travel so here's my little sounder What if we could time travel? So what if we could time travel, right? So okay. if we could time travel. <laughs> if we could time travel and you were able to go back in time to tell yourself one way to make money, what would you do? <laughs> well, how far back am I going? First? You're going back to he's 12. So let's, I'm 12. let's go. So, with that. Okay. So I, that, I was 12. That would have been 1995. Okay. So you're going back to 1995 okay. and you're going to say, here's one way that you can make. Oh, it. easy. Uh, buy property in New York city. That's genius. That is genius. Just cause I mean, I mean, look, I could have bought the apartment that I lived in for eight years in New York. I could have bought that thing for probably 
50k in 95 probably less because it was not a good neighborhood but there was a, it was the, the the apartment existed it actually probably would have been bigger because it was yeah. a pre-war building and you know they like broke the yeah, apartments broke up. up yeah so i probably could have bought a much bigger apartment in my neighborhood in 1995 for a, a song yeah a, a three-minute pop song and you know i would just have this amazing apartment worth yeah. millions at this point in a very comfortable neighborhood in brooklyn I know. So I would have done that and just That's done that all over. The right Brooklyn. answer. I know you could probably buy like a um, like a tenement building in in Manhattan for like nothing. <laughs> a tenement building? Am it's I like traveling a... back? Am I traveling back to you know yeah. like turn of the twentieth century? Yeah. Is that what's well, going you know, on? Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna go buy an old <laughs> tenement building. We could probably still buy one in like uh, Chinatown. I guess so. You're right. But then you know. That would probably be the way to go. Okay, getting back on track. I just wanted to get that out there. Wait, uh, you didn't answer. Oh, um, I would probably, I thought about it and I, I would probably, I always have this like idea of being like, oh, I, I could write that song. I would probably go back and write some like a couple of, of like mid 2000s hits, you know, like, and then, and then uh, sell them to, Britney Spears or whoever it's going to be of like 1990. I, Cause I was 12 and 19. So you would just, would you just hijack other people's work? Yeah. Totally. Are you saying, Oh my God. So you would, you would show up in 1990 with oops. Yeah. I did it again. Yeah. I would probably show, I'd probably go back in time at 1990 and uh, just, just do, I would probably be the leader of grunge and just do what smells like Dean Spears. Just right before Kurt has that inspiration. He, <laughs> right before he has it. He's sitting there. He's working on something. He's got to write something new. He does the dinners. Like, oh, that's that's catchy. That's catchy. But he just flip, he's really just imagine he's just sitting there. He's real satisfied with himself. And then he turns on the radio. And he hears And he it. hears Dana. And he's like, damn it. <laughs> got it. God damn it. Ah, oh, this fucking Dave guy. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's, that's probably what I would do. And I would have oh no remorse God. about it. You know, I would, <laughs> you would not yeah, feel whatever. whatever. I mean, I mean, you know, Kurt Cobain would probably still be alive. If that yeah, was I know, the case. saving his life. And then there would be no Foo Fighters, or maybe there would be Foo Fighters. Who knows? Uh, Dave Grohl would have made his way to the Foo Fighters yeah, eventually, would. I think. I had a dream with Dave Grohl in it last night. Now that I oh, think really? about it. Yeah. He just showed up and he was like, hey, man. And I was like, hey, Dave. That was it. Very odd. Okay. That's getting his, back that's, to that's, the that's, <laughs> I was gonna say that's his new his new thing. He's not doing NFTs. He's doing like he's showing up insertions. in dreams. Can you imagine? It's like a cameo service, but if they show up in your in your in your dreams. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so at the two atoms, they throw caution to the wind. They send themselves back to 2018, and their goal is to destroy the particle accelerator that was created by Adams, the Adams's father. Now dead in 2022, but alive in 2018. Sure. Uh, older Adam says, I don't want to do that because I don't want to ruin the time stream, even though he's done plenty of that already. Um, there's a lot of back and forth uh, about, you know, this is really not just about the time stream. It's about my relationship with my father and the, the anger I have over him sure. dying, uh, which is, you know, we'll get, we'll talk a little bit about the, that, those themes in a minute, but yeah, they, uh, they basically- before we get that far, there was a couple of things I wanted to talk about before we get back into 2018. There was the conversation that he had with his own mom uh, at the bar that was so heavy handed. And it was just like, you're a good mom. I swear you're a good mom. And I think we was, should get back to that. I think we should touch on that when we, when okay, we after when we, we finish. After we, okay. Well, fair, just after fair. we finish, you know, describing the plot. So anyway, they decide, yes, we're going to we're going to destroy the particle accelerator. We're going to destroy the the algorithm that allows for time travel to be created. This algorithm only lives in the head of Mark Ruffalo, who uh, plays Adam's father. Um, and it's uh, also for some strange reason lives on a piece of a hard drive that looks like a, like a snowball or like a big chunk of you know like crystal or something like that. i don't know i didn't know what no, that hard drive was either. supposed to be it was really weird the whole thing reminded me this was another thing it was it was kind of like spider-man 2 when they created that sun verse thing that was going to maintain power forever it kind of yes. looked like that 
And then, of course, obviously, the whole thing blows up and implodes on itself, right? So it was just like Spider-Man 2. <laughs> oh, I guess so. I mean, I'm thinking about the hard drive, which was that little weird crystally thing that they were playing around with. Right. Which in 2018, end. that was very advanced. For that was very advanced. Apple ain't selling that. No, no. Uh, so... Um, after a lot of back and forth with their with their father, uh, they decide to just go on and do it themselves and, and destroy the uh, particle accelerator that is going to allow time travel to be created. Meanwhile, Sorian, yes, while Sorian. in the middle of chasing the atoms, has also gone back and started to uh, you know manipulate her younger self, convincing her to be uh, an evil you know power hungry. Right. you know, uh, a leader rather than the uh, more altruistic person that she is normally. Um, she eventually convinces the, her younger self to help her stop the Adams and Lewis. Uh, they end up in the middle of this particle accelerator. Sorian, uh, after, you know, a long battle, Sorian ends up trying to shoot Mark Ruffalo, but the particle accelerator, which is now spitting out of control, causes all, well, certain select metal objects sure, to sure. fly at it, including the bullet coming out of her gun, which instead of hitting Lewis, dives straight into, right into the chest of her younger self, thus erasing older Catherine Keener right. from existence instantaneously. Instantaneously. So after that, I also future, the future has been younger, saved. I expected younger Catherine Keener to be like, this older Catherine Keener is crazy. I'm going to stop her. But that never happened. I thought that was on its way, but it never happened. Okay. Uh, yeah, she kind of she does it, I think. She's, a little she's bit. resisting. She's resisting, but she doesn't like go out of her way to stop anything. She's just kind of a <laughs> bystander. Um, anyway, but after uh, the time travel is destroyed, the two Adams and their father uh, play a nice little game of catch in the backyard uh, while they wait to be returned to their you know, uh, appropriate timelines, which sure, back again, to their again, I'm gonna have to, I got some questions about that. Sure. Um, but that's the movie. That's, yeah, that's the Adam that's, project. It's, that's the Adam project. It's so, got a lot of, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a very sort of family oriented story about, you know, forgiveness and about, uh, looking back on your past and wondering yep. if you could have done things better. Um, yeah, but, you know, I think it ended up being like a, a just like a, a father son movie because I mean there was mom in there but she disappeared in the end like she was not a part of this whole thing as a whole it was it ended up being dad and son you know or dad and sons kind of mentality but another aspect of him um, Ryan Reynolds trying to just cram pop culture down your throat was the fact that the baseball catch was was uh, a field of dreams and then you had a um moment of um goodwill hunting and i have the goodwill hunting moment here where it was it was it was very very in your face you're my son adam and i love you you're my boy and i love you I loved you from the first minute that I saw you, and that will never change. Adam, Dad, you're my boy. You're amazing. I love you. I get it, Dad. I don't think you do. I am proud of you, okay? I love you, son. Know that inside your heart. No, come here. And then they hug, and everybody's happy. But there's that, there's that, like you know, listen to me. You're not listening to me. Listen to me. <laughs> it was, it was a very goodwill hunting moment. And I was just like, oh boy, this is really heavy-handed. Yes. Well, yeah. Okay. Uh, now we can actually start talking about the movie. I think, sure. and uh, get into I don't know what were your sort of initial thoughts, Dave, uh, after viewing this. Um. My initial thoughts were, I mean, the thing is, I'll tell you this, and it's, 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 it's reflective of me mostly than anything else. And it's easy. I am a sucker for 
dad and son movies they get me every time so i cried during this movie because that is what they want you to do right that that is the overall arc of what he wants out of this movie so in the end did i like it no but i was entertained (laughs) by it like i was like i was glad i watched it okay i mean yeah i mean we, we 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 talked about wanting to review this movie and i like that it's a very contemporary like it just came out on netflix and i think it's doing quite well uh it's like the number yeah. three netflix movie right now so yeah, plenty of people are watching it one the other day plenty of people are, yeah plenty of people are watching it um and you know uh it's definitely relevant better than doing like you know something from the 1980s that maybe a small number of people have seen um but yeah you know i mean i think I hear what you're saying about the schmaltzy father-son bit. Uh, I am not so moved by that, but that's just because I don't have a heart and I'm just a terrible <laughs> person. So I will say I wrote it down somewhere. Um, I think um, the, the other thing about this movie was it was somewhere around like 40 minutes into this movie, which was, it's not an hour and a half movie. This was, I think just shy of two hours, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it was like 40 minutes into the movie and they start introducing the wife and then they start talking about how um, he has to go and change time and get rid of time travel. And then it's because if he gets rid of time travel, they won't be taking the time travel classes together. So they'll never have a, mo- a reason to meet. And it was it was at that point where I was like, this movie is going to end with, Star, they're going to be star-crossed lovers and they're going to meet no matter what and i was like if it ends that way i'm going to be really bad and then in the end they meet in another class and they they go and they live a happy life together and i was just like come on that was just a little we knew it was coming well i mean look we've seen this over and over again i mean yeah, look I it, marty goes back in time and he he totally you know saves his father from being a total nerd and a failure mm-hmm. his father ends up being a very successful author but they still live in that same house the exact same house so we've seen this before like yeah. things are just you know bound to happen i actually had a thought about that though which is you know uh doc brown talks about that a lot in the uh he talks about that date in November 1955 being some sort of focal point to the, uh, you know, all of time, you know, or it could Mm -hmm. just be a coincidence. Maybe that's what's going on here. Maybe they have to meet for anything. You know, it's just, it's just one of these things that uh, it's an event that, that, you know, must happen for the fabric of the universe to stay cohesive, you know? Yeah. There was a couple of uh, other back to the future things that really got me. Um, when I think when they went back from 2050, it was, uh, it was November. It was November when they went back. And then the other thing was when he got, when there was a moment when they were going back in time to, to, from 2022 to 2018, you saw the dashboard of the, of the ship of where they what they had to get to to get back into time and i'm pretty sure it was 88,000 88,000 miles an hour. oh man oh yeah, yeah. um well <clears throat> that's actually one of the first things i want to talk about was just the <clears throat> the absolute lunacy behind the logic in this movie and how it's just this mishmash of so many different tropes from other movies um it was kind of one of my one of my first kind of issues with it because you know you've just you've got you've just got little bits of everything thrown into it yeah you do and I, it just it felt like the rules worked when they had to the rules either apply or they don't you know and it, yeah. we saw that in uh you know the explanation of time travel and the explanation of you know how time affects uh past you know meddling in the past affects the future uh, it just it just was so absolutely thrown just, out the it, window. It, yeah, it was just it, it was, was just so selective. And yeah. it, you know, right. like one moment this matters, and the moment this moment it doesn't matter anymore. I, I, I think was the, so the biggest the biggest thing that really threw me off as to like, okay, so if if all of these decisions you make matter time travel wise, so you you abduct your twelve year old self, right, and basically like 
run away with him and take him on all these journeys. You beat up his 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 bullies first of all, right? You you threaten his bullies so they never. That's like that's like crazily changing the the future of yourself. But then also you take your twelve year old self and then you give him the ultimatum of being like, we can go back to two thousand eighteen if you want. Like, but there's only one jump left, so we're probably going to be stuck there forever. And then they oh. go. And then they go. They, they have, like, no ramifications of time <laughs> at all. Well, that's the thing, is that they decide they're going to go stop time travel from being invented, but they'll just be stuck there forever. Mm-hmm. But that's not what happens, and it seems like that's not a surprise to them. Yeah. At the end of the movie, at the end of the yeah. movie, and this was one of the most annoying script rights. It was just such a dumb, dumb explanation. But, you know, at the end of the movie, they destroyed time travel and suddenly they say, oh, well, now you should just disappear and go back to your respective time periods that right. you came from. Well, they nobody ever mentioned that. Nobody ever mentioned that. And how could that possibly be when there's time travel, <laughs> when there's time travel ships? Like how could where did that even come from? Like did the time travel ship also go back into the future? Did it disappear? Did it did it evaporate like the minions, the bad guy minions? It made no sense. It made it, no it sense. Made no sense. My favorite part was they're like, well, I guess we're going to go back, but we're not disappeared yet. And someone says something like, I guess it takes the universe a little time to sort itself yeah. out. And I was like, what? Are we yeah. suggesting that that you're hanging around because the cosmos is like low on RAM or something? You know, it yeah, just, it was like, oh, it's processing. Up. It's processing. Processing, processing. <laughs> um, another little tidbit of um, back to the future in this. Uh, so, the, the, I also found this very funny. So the two sons, two Adams, go back to 2018 and go sit in his class and then, then get his attention. He kind, You could tell that um, the dad knew right away what was going on. He even said it later in the movie, and he was like, <laughs> I knew that I was going to die. Like, okay, and you knew there was going to be a tragedy, whatever. But the first thing they do when they when they get out of class and when he is with his future sons two of his future sons the first thing they do is sketchily go rent a, a motel and go <laughs> sit in a motel and i don't know if you caught it but do you know what the name of that motel was it was the twin pines it was the pines motel and there was a uh. shot. It was a shot of them with the giant sign behind them. And it was like taking up the entire screen. And it was just so (laughs) obvious that they just wanted to get that in there. Well, what's more, you know, time travel movie than being on the run and having to stick in a, you know, get yourself into a cheap hotel. It's true. It's true. They do enjoy the monkeys. See if they can get one with a kitchen, you know, so they can make plastique. Yeah. And then also there was the whole like, this kid is 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 a bullied. He's got no friends, and he just plays video games all day. And then eventually, those video games paid off in the end. It was such a trope of like this kid is going to be <laughs> so good in the future because he played video games, and then he could control all these like drones that are going to destroy all the bad guys. <laughs> yeah, he was playing some kind of like Star Fox kind yeah. of looking they ended game. up saying it because uh the dad ended up saying he built that game for him yes i remember that um yeah i just i just sort of felt like it 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 really was just pulling itself in so many different directions and then you know i don't know if ryan reynolds i mean he is funny i guess he's i but mean he I, was I, charming he is charming as hell he's very charming i don't know if i really buy his uh i don't really always buy when he's trying to do the drama sincerity thing you know i mean even in deadpool it's it's, it's you're kind of thankful stuff. he's not that good at it because yeah. it's he deadpool and it's supposed to be it's supposed to be a joke uh the whole movie's supposed to be kind of a comedy right. but this it's supposed to be much more um sincere and kind of have i mean i think it's trying to have a little bit of that et-ish you know warm-hearted spielbergian feel uh but it just he doesn't communicate that because he can't i can't look at him without thinking of funny yeah you know he's a comedian first and foremost right and like i think they did a good job the kid did a good job at being a young ryan reynolds and like 
he was relatively snarky he was relatively like he was charming in his own self you know like i felt like they they were good together i liked him with the kid but there there was that sincere the sincerity was kind of a little forced you know it was it was just not as as uh easily to get to that 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 the snarky was i think what i wanted throughout a lot of this movie was you know again dealing with the problem of you know something bad is going to happen to somebody in the future but you can't tell them or they don't want you to tell them right now obviously back to the future handles that in a really good way in the Mm -hmm. sense that it's kind of you know it's you know marty knows what's going to happen to doc but at the same time he's a little so just flabbergasted by his situation it's kind of becomes an afterthought yeah um and it really then becomes something important at the end and it 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 works because it's helping to raise the stakes a little bit you know marty might miss his window because he's trying to warn doc about what's going to happen yeah he's trying to warn doc he writes the letter it's like it's a whole thing where it's like it's also it was just i mean he brought back to the future it's so well written you know so that like every aspect of the past catches up with the future really tied itself together and i feel like this movie the the, there was a lot of loose ends there's just oh definitely the other thing is how come a phone in 2050 doesn't look as good as my phone did you see the phone that he had it was just like this, it was supposed to be this like piece of glass that he had. And it was all like terrible looking. It was awful looking. <laughs> I was like, my well, phone looks better than that. <laughs> I've got a whole rant about the production design in this movie um, in general. But yeah, I just sort of felt tonally, they, they just, they laid it on a little too thick mm-hmm. with the melodrama and the, and the, you know, the, that this whole element and this theme of, you know, the father and the son and the son being resentful of him dying and his struggles with trying to tell him what's going to happen. I just, it wasn't really handled very gracefully. It felt very, you know, much like that scene with the mother. It just, it was so heavy. It It was was so heavy heavy. heavy, and you couldn't, and it just, it, it, (laughs) you know, I, I felt like Jennifer Gardner, you know, also fine performance in this, I, I mean, I'm sorry. I just would have been weirded out by this guy talking to me about my child that this person who I don't know. Right, right. And then she <laughs> runs out as if like she knows something. Like, but why would she ever know anything? You know. Um, the uh, I also feel like Jennifer Gardner. Like you could have got she, the, her character was so not fleshed out like there was so it was so shallow of a character you could have got anybody to play that and it would have been fine because there was not much depth to that character because even in the end she wasn't even there she had like i mean she she had a little moment with the son at the end him hugging her Mm -hmm. Uh, but i mean it could have been anybody like there was there was no i like that's a thing with um ruffalo the whole his whole thing came down to that scene where he was like, "You're my son. You're always going to be good enough. You're, I'm always going to love you." That's why they hired Mark Ruffalo to do that scene. You know, sure, like that sure. was it. Other than that, <laughs> they could have been played by anybody else. He gave that emotional speech, and that that was really, really moving. <laughs> but then also, if you turned it around and you watched um, Ryan Reynolds during that scene, he was so bad at playing that emotional. He just he couldn't get there. He couldn't, he was, you could see him like fake crying. You could see him like not really knowing what to do because he's snarky. That's his, that's his whole thing. He doesn't know how to cry and be like real and, and thoughtful. And- well, he, he knows how to intone. He loves, he knows how to go. I am so sorry. Yeah. Like he knows how to do that. He knows how to fake the emotion, Right. He but it doesn't, fake- it doesn't, there's nothing there. Like you don't feel like he believes it in any yeah. way. Right. Um, not to say that I don't love Ryan Reynolds. If Ryan Reynolds listens, I love Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, Dan Wilder is fantastic. I, that's a great movie. But um, yeah, he just didn't. He just didn't hit it for me in this one. Yeah, uh, that's a shame. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the production design on this movie, right. which was, oof. I mean, I'm just talking really about a number of things. Um, 
one, I've just, I'll say overall, this is some of the laziest design I have seen for a, for a film ever, ever. There is nothing interesting about any of the things that they create. It looks like the most generic, you know, all the technology, all of the um, sort of designs of the ships and the spacesuits of the, yeah. the baddies and the guns and the, even the freaking lightsaber toy he has. It just, it looks so incredibly cheap. And I was looking Man, online, this movie had a, but this, <laughs> this movie had a budget of $116 million. Damn. Wow. $116 million. I bet a and, lot of that went into the, to, to the VFX too. Oh, I think uh, I've got a whole other theory about that, which will come next. But um, so, yeah, I was really shocked at how bad a lot of this looked in particular that first time that, because I, I think we should preface this by saying Catherine Keener, her, her younger self is played with by a deep fake. Yeah. They, they put, they de-age Catherine Keener's face and put yeah. it onto the body of another actress. Yeah. The first time you see that, it is so bad. It's yeah. almost unrecognizable. It's true. And I was like, okay, well, maybe they were like out of money or something. Like they just had to kind of get whatever they could do. And this is the one time they're going to use it. But no, because you no, see- they use it for the rest of the movie. The rest, the rest of the movie. movie is but there. I mean, in my opinion, it actually looked better later on in the movie. So I was like, why did they let this one scene with such you know poor looking- effects make it to the final cut and i started to realize you can start to pick out all the little cuts and corners they took yeah uh you know the the the, the there's a there's one scene where they're i think it's the scene when they're in the backyard and they're having their little father-son bonding ball game playing ball you know, yeah yeah that that wooded area is so fake looking it is and it's such an obvious backdrop Mm-hmm. That's what I'm I was like, saying. It looks like a, the best Airbnb you've ever seen because it was so <laughs> perfect and so fake. I mean, I'm just talking about the woods. Like right. they had these yeah. woods, and I was just like, really? I mean, they shot this movie in Vancouver. There's woods in Vancouver. There's a location probably 20 minutes away from their soundstage that they could find. That exactly like that. That's gonna look like that. And I was like, really? It just it just comes off as and the thing is. I realize it doesn't even, I don't even know if it's about money. It's just lazy. Yeah. Just it was really, lazy. really lazy. I feel like that, like in general, like I feel like the story itself took cut corners, the production mm-hmm. cut corners, post-production cut corners, acting cut corners. Like there was, <laughs> there was cut corners the entire thing. And I, I wonder if that has anything to do with like Netflix, Netflix trying to raise their prices on us now saying that anybody who has a, uh, who has people glomming onto their password. Well, I think it's Actually, it's a little more, I'm afraid, Dave, it's a little more sinister than that. And this was going to be my, my I, I, I wanted to talk about the the people behind this movie a little bit. Oh, um, so lay it in, lay it on. So, Love it. Yeah, so, so the director of this movie was uh, Sean Levy, who, uh, Sean Levy is- uh, well, also very, onto the show. You invited, oh, well, he's way too busy for us. I mean, Sean, if you're not familiar, Sean is uh, a pretty- prolific uh, successful director in Hollywood and he's been responsible for a lot of family friendly movies uh, in the past specifically he did uh, Cheaper by the Dozen um, he did the Pink Panther remake he did all the Night at the Museum movies uh, his yeah. biggest success probably has been um, Stranger Things working heavily as a, he's uh, a producer okay. on Stranger right, Things right, right. Um, and he also most recently uh, theatrically directed Free Guy with which also stars right. Ryan Reynolds. Right. Um, no, no, it, no. no issue necessarily technically with him as a director, because if you watch a lot of these movies, like Night at the Museum, while I'm not a big fan of that series, I will admit like they're competently directed. Yeah. Uh, well, apparently uh, Sean Levy has a development pro- deal with Netflix, um, which is, you know, makes sense. You've made one of the most successful shows uh on their platform why don't you it's well deserved i'd say but i think what 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 sort of bothers me about this is they've got all of this top tier talent this competent director 
And they, I'm sure, refused. Some producer along the way said, no, we can't go to a, an on-location set. No, we can't have more money put towards costume design. Yes, I'm sorry, we're going to have to reuse costumes from a G.I. Joe movie for all the bad guys. Yeah. You know, uh, it just seemed like you've got all of these great elements lined up and you just decide to make a, you know, a movie that just looks crappy and looks yeah. boring and it looks like cheap. it was fast tracked. It would look like it was just like, we have to get this out by this date, which is way too fast. And they're right. just like cranking it out. Like the script writer is like trying to churn out as fast as they can production trying to the vfx are trying to turn out as fast as they can and then they were like you know like this isn't working they're like make it work however best you can we got to get it out you know that's um, kind of well, what i had the feeling of that actually was what i thought too and uh so i did you get to chance did you see free guy i haven't watched it i meant to okay. but no i didn't see it well i think it's it's uh kind of interesting if you watch free guy because free guy and this movie are very similar not just in terms of the uh, you know the, their star, but they have really just almost the exact same beats and the exact same pacing uh, as each other, um, and they both kind of dwell in this world of like Video you know games. it's it's like it's it's an action comedy, but it's also uh, kind of you know supposed to be a little character drama yeah. with a you know neat little arc for you know all of the the leads so they they really feel like kind of you know cousins <laughs> of, a, of a sort um and I, you know when i was watching that i was like i was watching i was like man this feels like free guy i looked it up yep sean levy it's ryan reynolds i just thought man they slapped this together from all the little leftover bits oh, that's of free guy yeah and all the little jokes they couldn't throw in and all the little plot elements that they couldn't fit in there it all just came together they were probably while they were making free guy they were probably like writing this script at the same time that's what i thought but not true not true so this this project the adam project this concept uh has actually been around since 2012 it's a 10 year old script Mm, actually yeah i did see that all right go ahead um no obviously you know when that happens people come in and the script goes through various revisions and filmmakers make it their own but this is you know this sort of skeleton skeleton of an idea has been around for a good while. So I wonder a bit, you know, how much of this is they were handed a script by Netflix and said, hey, just make this. And they didn't have the time to make it their own. They said, hey, we'll just have to kind of supplement it with Ron Reynolds, you know, Being cracking right, jokes. Yeah. Um, and then on top of that, you know, they probably were rushed through production, VFX rushed, forced to, you know, work in a, a all, shoot everything on a soundstage rather than the locations because they right. just had a schedule. So to you think it was that. Netflix that was like, just make this. And we I think it's part of it. it. It's part, I yeah. think that's part of it because again, you know, Sean Levy, I'm not saying that he, you know, his movies are my favorite. But they're decent. He, he, they're well, he, 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 he exists in a kind of genre and in a kind of um, yeah. a certain type of movie that he makes that is, very you know bankable for studios they're family friendly usually mm-hmm. they definitely appeal to young children young boys something like free guy this that's like totally up their alley same thing with this i think you know a, a young teen boy is going to want to you know be interested enough to sit through this potentially yeah um because it's got all those elements it's got the starship and it's got the baddies and the, the faceless baddies and the uniforms and all that jacked self you know like <laughs> it's got your future jacked self it's got asking about when we're going to get laid <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah, exactly yeah. so you know i just i wonder where it went wrong because i could see this actually being this could have been a, a much better film. Yeah. Yeah, um, it definitely could a, have. It, it could have been if they just like, if they got rid of all the, the, the flair that made it make no sense, you know, like the baddies and like all, all the, just like the, the convenience of like, oh, there's this one hard drive we have to destroy. Like it was just, it just became like, this is the problem I have with a lot of movies going forward. Uh, today is that everything is kind of like a video game and then there's this one last boss you have to beat and and then we're good we're, we're done with the game you know like it, it, yes and there's no wrap up there's the wrap up to the movie is always like this by the numbers type thing and there's no real like satisfaction of the ending you know it kills me it kills me it, well it just it makes me very cynical 
about movies. movies because you know here we have that's why we make this doc this podcast that's what, yeah exactly well it's just yeah it makes me very cynical because you know this is what we are gonna see more of yeah you know you're not gonna you're gonna get top tier talent signing on to work on movies that just are just very mediocre and i don't mean and and they're they're movies that also have the budgets and the potential to be so much better yep because they've got the the resources of something like Netflix, but you know Netflix yeah. doesn't care about that. They just no, they, they don't just get it out because they, they also they want to be. They don't care about the longevity of the movie. They want it to be number one for a few days, right? And then have another one of their movies or shows be number one for a few days, right? It's all That's, about uh, quantity. Yeah, quality kind of goes out the window with them. They would exactly. just want to be able to say, "Hey, look at all this exclusive content right. we have." And exactly. look, I mean. I, 90% of the stuff that Netflix commissions or purchases the rights for, for distribution is trash. Yeah. I so much of like, it is trash. A couple, like, I would say like a year or so ago, I kind of went, Netflix kind of sucks. <laughs> like, I don't know why I'm paying for this. I like barely watch most <laughs> things on it, but I, I really it's never, I never go to it first. You know, I never go yeah. to it like to be the first thing that I'm like, oh, let's go see what's on this platform. It's uh, I never usually go, I usually go HBO Max, yep. Hulu, yep. and then Netflix. I'll Netflix go is HBO like... Max, uh, Hulu, um, Prime. I think Prime oh, yeah. has I'll... a lot of good stuff. I, I, I am so intermittent with Prime. Actually, Prime is really the only place I ever go to Prime is when I want to rent something. Yeah, they're good for that. But they and do I, and have I, a lot of like good stuff that you could just watch. That's not like that's not like really heavy-handed or like it's just like if you want to just sit back and watch something that's kind of dumb and have fun with it, they they're pretty good with that. Like I feel like Netflix is like becoming the reality TV of television. <laughs> what do you mean by that? I just feel like most of their stuff is becoming like reality TV. It's like it's really throwaway. Oh, it's definitely stuff. disposable. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, it is, it's this kind of disposable entertainment that maybe proclaims to have uh, brains or a message. Like I think another of about another one they did, which was uh, that really awful film bright. Oh yeah. You see bright. Yeah. You yeah. know, that's another example of just what a just obvious yeah, dumb really idea. Good. And they didn't even try to elevate it. No. In any way, it all went into making the movie look a certain way and getting certain people signed on for it. You know, yeah. they had to get Will Smith for this. It was about they got to get the right. We're going to get the Ryan Reynolds, the Mark Ruffalo. You know, these kind of very recognizable exactly. uh, stars. Uh, Zoe they Saldana, get that, who, we, they could sell this. You know, they could make this number one. We haven't talked enough about Zoe Saldana, who I will say I like a lot and I think she's mm -hmm. so underused in this movie. She I really, I really wish they had more of her in it because she, one, she's an excellent, excellent actress. Yeah. More than that. It's the thing. It's like, I feel like everyone in this movie was a good actor, actress. Yeah. Like I think those top, top billing. One of the things she's really good at though, is she really uh, excels, I think in the sort of sci-fi genre. She does. You know, you think about, Guardians of the Galaxy, she really holds her own in that. Uh, Star Trek, I was not in love with her Uhura, Uhura for, for a while, but actually yeah. I, I kind of grew to like it. Wasn't she um, in Tom Cruise future movie too? Which one? one of, Edge of Tomorrow? Oblivion? Oblivion? Oh, I I saw that one a long time ago. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, maybe. But I she's just, remember. you know, she, she she's really got like, she's really good in that space. She is, yeah, and she's, she's actually probably the most interesting performance you know mark ruffalo is doing his like tortured mark ruffalo thing the whole time like uh, I, uh, oh, my dad. and my kids oh. are here <laughs> ryan reynolds is being snarky yep the jennifer garner snarky. jennifer, jennifer garner, garner is is i think is, she was the most throwaway like oh and she's just the most anybody. generic mom character like yeah. you didn't and really I like get jennifer gardner i think she's a good actress but she was a <laughs> there was no depth to her character in this at all no absolutely it was just it's like sad mom Sad mom. Sad mom. Kids hate me. Struggle. Uh, Catherine Keener, you know, just her, she plays that kind of cold. Um, She's good at that. Heartless, at heartless person. And yeah. She, yeah, she does it. But I think uh, I really wanted more Zoe. Yes, yeah, you're um, right. Zoe was really good in this. And like, she does bring a, a element of sci-fi that I, I didn't, I didn't even think of until you said it. That's, 
she does bring sci-fi most of her games. I didn't know we were going to get so heavy about um, to trying to take down the man a little bit here. That was kind of nice. What do you mean? Trying to take down Netflix. Just being like, oh, yeah. Well, not- look, I mean, I think Netflix is, I mean, don't get me wrong. They knock it out of the park sometimes. They've had some excellent shows. Mm-hmm. Um, and even recently, I think uh, Midnight Mass, uh, if you want to see a good. Oh, I didn't see Midnight Mass. It's good. That's a good Netflix series. And actually, that is an example of them, I think, actually nurturing uh, a filmmaker really well because the person who did Midnight Mass also did a, I think it was The Haunting of Bly Manor and then The Haunting of Hill House, these other two horror series. And, you know, they ended up making Midnight Mass, which is just like, it's the exact opposite of the show like this. It's really slow. It takes its time. There are long, long dialogue scenes between two characters where it's just them going back and forth with monologues, but it's so good. Yeah. Um, and this, you know, then they create something like this. And it's like, yeah, I think about, you know, and I don't want to sound like nostalgic because let's be honest, there was plenty of crap made out Lots of crap, you know, when we were kids, yep. when we were kids, plenty of crap came out. But I think about, you know, movies that sort of had a, you know, kind of had that younger uh, audience, you know, sort of wanted to create that younger audience appeal, but also be a little more grounded and a little more realistic. And I just feel like there used to be a much higher bar for that. You know, I think. I agree. I agree. I also think there was, there was, I was watching, um, I can't remember what I was watching, but there was back then I felt like there was like the, like a movie, like the big chill. There was like a movies like that made for adults mm-hmm. that were not action packed that mm-hmm. got made. And like, you don't, those movies really, they don't get made anymore where there's not like a Ryan, you know, Ryan Reynolds going to kill all these bad guys. They're just, they are made every once in a while, obviously, but like they're not made as regularly and like for adults as they once were. I think you're right. I mean, we are seeing the, 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 the mid, the mid budget movie has now been put to Netflix and really doesn't get a theatrical release anymore. So you really do get, kind of i mean you do see them they do get made but it's 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 just it's not because they're actually trying to get the movie out there and they want people to see it i think for netflix it's about numbers and being able, being able to say we have all of this stuff available to watch yeah. who cares right. if it's any good yeah. uh or if it's you know who cares if it's all just kind of meh kind of mediocre right. um you know at, at least We've got something for everybody here. Come on, check it out. <laughs> Bring the kids. Bring the kids. Um, but I mean, compared to say, you know, how movie distribution worked, you know, pre-streaming era, yeah, you wanted to throw a ton of movies out there. But a lot of these movies, but what that allowed for, I think, was a, a wider, um, I don't know, just a, a wider birth of creativity and yeah. people being able to make a lot of different things and Netflix just for me the the content that they specifically contract more and more is so middle of the road mm-hmm. and so just uninspired it gets yeah. it it's it's hard it's hard to watch that the past fucking sucks man mm-hmm. so true snappy <laughs> all right i think i think we we've delved into um uh, Adam project as, as further as far as we could go with it. Uh, we, we, I think we, we hit a lot of things there. I think can we, we can. go back? Can we actually yeah. go back and stop this movie from being produced? So I don't have any more memory of it. You know, it's gone. Let's wipe it from 2022 and 2018 or whenever yes. they first wrote it, whenever that was 2012. Let's go back in time. We'll, we'll and go uh, back to 2012. We'll send it, from existence. We'll, we'll send the Terminator back to, to burn the script perfect <laughs> that's good oh all right all right we did good um yeah any last thoughts i would pay five dollars to go see this movie Oof, i'd pay two dollars and i really gotta have nothing to do <laughs> you're gonna be bored and high <laughs> oh my god i i don't i don't think i even enjoy this high because there's nothing fun again this movie looks so boring like it's just so bland it is. across the board it it doesn't really invoke any kind of. Oh, yeah, know. I gave it a little higher than you because I cried. But that, you can cry, it. it's fine. I get yeah. it. Um, yeah. So that that's what I, I give it: two dollars and five dollars. We pay for you to see that movie in the theater. I like it. All right. Yeah. So that's the Adam Project. 
we got to come up with a new movie. Stay tuned to our Instagram. You could go find our next movie there. I'm Nick signing off. Dave signing off from the future. And Nick from the past. <laughs>